Podcast Land. You've set to dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, your first best and only all-encompassing combat sports podcast, episode 101. Holy smokes. Before I bury the lead, as I tend to do, joining me later, going 10 rounds with Rhino, fighting for the LFA middleweight belt on December the 3rd on UFC Fight Pass, 11-2. Jared, the Rebel Revel, goes 10 rounds with Rhino. It's a great interview. It's super awesome. The guy is an incredible fighter. And like we say in our promo video, we always are going to have fighters that you either know or names you will know. And he is one you will know. Jared Revel, holy smokes, great fighter, great interview. Can't wait for you guys to check that out. So... Our intro on our schedule is as follows. This week's show is going to have our coverage of the co-main and main event from Bellator 271. The full UFC Vegas 42 breakdown. Drea's world-famous drop of the night. Picks for UFC Vegas 43 next Saturday. A fire Q&A session with the Rhino Gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> the aforementioned Elevate 185-er fighting for the belt on December the 3rd. Jared the Rebel Revel is the next to go 10 rounds of Rhino. So, without further ado, Drea. Let's get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. Bellator 271 from Florida on Friday. Our co-main event was the big boys, 265 pounders. We had Tyrell Fortune versus Linton Vassal. Linton Vassal has been around forever. Uh, Very close back and forth fight. Uh, Linton Vassal got the split decision in that one. And then moving into our main event, we had Chris Cyborg doing what Chris Cyborg does. This time it was just insert new opponent, right? Was uh, Sinead Kavanaugh. A beautiful right hook, just 90 seconds into round one. Chris Cyborg puts Sinead Kavanaugh down and out, retains her belt for the umpteenth time. I don't even know how many title defenses that is for Chris Cyborg now. But, yep, TKO in the first round for Cyborg over Sinead Kavanaugh on SBG Ireland. All right. Oh, I want to give a special shout-out, too, to my man, uh, Tall Steve. Steve Mowry with his first-round Kimura sub. Holy shit, that was a great one. I love this guy. Dave Fretz and I were just geeking out after the win. Big shout-out to you, Tall Steve. Um, yeah, one of the best, most exciting heavyweights in the entire landscape of MMA, not just Bellator or the UFC, but, like, in the world. Tall Steve, man, one to watch. All right, let's go ahead and get our UFC Vegas 42. This one was a night of finishes, and I was all for it. So I was bummed about this one at 205. I'm a big fan of Kenny uh, Kennedy and Zhukwu. Uh, he lost to Daeun Jung by TKO in the first due to elbows uh, from the standing position. Moving into 155, this one really surprised me. Mark Jacasey versus Rafael Alves. This was a sub via guillotine in the first. It was a straight left. Um, it was really like a really hard jab by Alves. Alves. Um, then he threw a flying knee, which kind of hit Mark in the body, put him down. He was on like kind of, Wobbly legs, he kind of shot in. Uh, Rafael Alves slapped on the guillotine and got him out in the first round. I was very surprised by that one, Drea. I think Mark DeCasey is an outstanding fighter, particularly in the striking department, but Rafael Alves just got the right shot at the right time and really hurt the guy um, and slapped on a submission. <laughs> then he picked up the doctor, oddly enough, and then he tried to like do a funny shoot-in <laughs> on Michael Bisping, and Michael Bisping wasn't having it. He was just like, get off me. which was was really funny uh moving into 125 we had courtney casey with one of the few decisions of the night over liliana juja this one was courtney casey pretty much the whole way through nice front kicks lots of jabs lots of one twos they didn't move around a whole lot i think felder even mentioned like look they're in the same spot the whole time (laughs) it was a lot of one two back and forth but casey was definitely getting the better of uh jojua the whole time Really busted up her nose. So Liliana was really wearing it uh, after that fight. So Courtney Casey got the UD in that one at 125. And thankfully is now on the plus side of 500 because she came into that fight 9-9. So good for her. Next one was a very exciting fight. Sean Woodson versus Colin Anglin. Sean Woodson, who just has one of those just most awkward-looking physiques ever. He's just so tall and lanky, but he is Fucking boxing is just so crisp. He's one of those few guys who really fights tall when they're tall. Um, beautiful body shots were really hurting Colin. Colin tried to explode towards him. Sean Woodson just ducked out of the way, just took a nice couple steps off, you know, angled out correctly. Sean Woodson looked beautiful in this fight. Fantastic boxing. Stopped Colin Anglin with body shots um, in the first round. So big win for Sean Woodson. Uh, gets a TKO in the first. Moving into 170. Oh, no, not yet. Moving into 125 pounds, we had Andrea KGB Lee versus Cynthia Calvillo. This one was the best KGB has ever looked in the cage as far as I was concerned. Hard jabs, beautiful uppercuts. Cynthia Calvillo was just getting hurt. She looked like she was wearing down 
after the first like four or five shots even hit, Cynthia got slower. She threw a few like kind of wide looping shots. A couple of them did hit KGB Lee, bloodied up her nose, but Calvillo really seemed to be fading fast. Um, the kicks to the body were were considerably doing damage to Cynthia. She just got slower and slower and slower. And then after the second round ended, her corner stopped the fight. So KGB Lee gets the second round TKO for her over Cynthia Calvillo. Moving into 155 pounds, we had Thiago Moises versus Joel Alvarez. Alvarez was moving forward and landing kicks, punches, and elbows. And then a big elbow body shot combo really hurt Tiago, put him down and out. Nice win for Joel Alvarez in the first round over Tiago Moises. Moving into our next one, we had Song Yadong, our group chat's most favorite name in the entire fucking <laughs> world. Song Yadong versus Julio Arce. And then Yadong was outstanding. Uh, in the first, he was out striking him easily. Then he got the head kick, which rocked, um, which rocked Arce in the second. Followed up with a couple of right hands. Got the TKO in the first for Song Yidong. I, I want to say I appreciate Song Yidong as the fighter, but his name has brought and continues to bring so much joy to so many of us that I just want to shake his hand, dude. <laughs> <laughs> So big win for Song Yudong. We got a question about him later on in the Rhino Gang voicemail question section. Uh, with our next one will be Miguel Baeza, Caramel Thunder versus Detroit Stand Up Chaos Williams. This one was scrappy, bro. They were really getting after it early. Um, Miguel Baeza was landing so many calf kicks to Chaos. Chaos really like fought through it, but was starting to slow down a little bit, right? His explosions were starting to get a little bit fewer and far between. And then, <laughs> holy shit, out of nowhere, a left hook, right hook combo floors Miguel Baez, a TKO in the third for Chaos Williams. I, I really, I thought, I didn't know who to pick for sure on this fight, Drea. They're both mm -hmm. so good. They're both so explosive. I thought maybe Miguel might be able to withstand it and win by points, but I was thankfully wrong because my heart's always with my man or anybody from Detroit, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so right, Chaos, exactly. right. Chaos Williams got the big win over Miguel Baeza, and we may be hearing his name a little bit shortly. We'll see. All right, <laughs> moving into our ninth fight. We had Felicia Spencer versus Leia Letson or King Leia Nidus. Mart. Um, Spencer was one-way traffic the whole way, dude. She consistently was pushing forward, either taking Leah down or crushing her up against the fence, landing inside punches, elbows, knees. Um, Leah Ledson had one shining moment, which was an early in the third round takedown. But besides that, it was all Felicia the whole time. And again, and they, they mentioned it on the broadcast, oftentimes if someone's pressed up against the cage the whole time, it's boring to watch, right? It's, there's nothing fun, but but Felicia did a good job of of keeping it entertaining because she was consistently throwing strikes. There wasn't like a long time where she was laying or just pushing or holding, or there wasn't a ton of digging for underhooks. This was just like I'm going to push her up against the cage. I'm going to land a bunch of strikes, and you're going to have to try to stop me. And she did a great job. So Felicia Spencer gets the TKO in the third versus King Leonidas. <laughs> I can't even laugh. I can't even laugh when I say that. <laughs> King Leonidas lets in a TKO in the third for Felicia Spencer. Oh, Drea, let's just soak this next one in for a minute, shall we? <laughs> let's just take a minute. Let's just take our time and just really savor the flavor of this next fight, our co-main event. We had Ben Enjoy Rothwell. Versus, yes, right. Let's have Ben Rothwell <laughs> versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima. I mean, from the, from the opening bell, they just started banging, dude. Um, Marcos and Ben. Ben Marcos hurt Ben, pushed Ben up against the back of the cage. Then they just started bucking real hard, and throwing lots of fucking winging wide hooks. Marcos Rogerio de Lima rocked Ben, then rocked him again, then rocked him a third time. He started to go down. Herb Dean, like, jumped in, and then Ben kind of dragged Marcos down with him. And then Marcos looking at him like, you stopped the fight. And then he's like, oh, no, no, I did. I stopped it. I stopped it by Herb Dean. So not like the cleanest finish of all time, but Marcos Ruggiero de Lima does get the <laughs> TKO victory over Big Ben Rothwell, which I bet you I was one of like five people in the whole fucking <laughs> Twitter who picked it to do it. So I'm going to gloat. I'm going to savor it. I'm going to chew on it. Oh, my God. Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. Thank you, sir. Thank you, my friend. All right, so first round TKO for him, and that one at 265. Oh, speaking of thank yous, let's get into our main event. Max Holloway versus Jair Rodriguez at 145. I mean, I wrote a bunch of notes, Drea, 
but here's the here's the reality of it. This one was a phenomenal fucking fight. Yair yeah. Rodriguez showed from the beginning of the bell that he wasn't going to be he he wasn't going to be dominated. He was going to be throwing really hard kicks. He was going to stay in Max's face. It was going to be a back and forth banger. That's exactly what it was for the entire fucking time. Max did a great job of uh, getting in and out. He he ate way too many of those leg kicks, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I gave Yair the first round, but I gave, and again, some of these are really close, but I gave two, three, four, and five to Max. Uh, he had the straighter punches. He was doing more damage. He, he was consistently pushing forward. Uh, Yair Rodriguez did a great showing for himself, but this was Max Holloway outstriking him significantly um, and doing far more damage to him. So Max Holloway got the unanimous decision in that one over Yair Rodriguez, but what a fight. Kudos and respect to both guys. Insane fight, really fun card. <clears throat> the only bummer, Drea, is that when we have a card that has so many early finishes, there's so much fucking talking and commercials in between. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. I do. Luckily for me, well, not like yesterday, I wasn't able to watch it live, but at least when I was able to play it back, I was able to just skip through all of it. <laughs> Yeah, you watch the whole you watch the whole card in like twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite twenty minutes. But I think I turned six hours into three and a half. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's our recap of UFC Vegas forty two. Now, before we get into Andreas world famous drop of the night, let's get a quick word in for our proud sponsor, Snow Days Pizza Bites. Today's show is brought to you by Snow Days Pizza Bites. Snow Days Pizza Bites are grain free, fully organic. Packed with 10 grams of protein and stuffed with grass-fed mozzarella. Perfect for fight night snacking or a convenient weekday meal. Snow Days Pizza Bites have got you covered. Use code RHINO10 to save $10 on your order at www.snowdays.com. That's RHINO10 at www.snowdays.com. Oh, even hearing that commercial every time, it just makes me want more Snow Days Pizza Bites. They are so delicious. Now they have the sausage, and the sausage is so good. You guys should all try them. RHINO10 is the promo code. Get yourself $10 off and get you some Snow Days Pizza Bites. So good. All right, Drea, let's get into your world-famous Drea's Drop of the Night. Well, my drop of the night is going to come from Detroit's own Chaos Williams versus Miguel Baeza. Uh, In the third round, they kind of just went toe-to-toe in the center of the octagon throwing punches, and Chaos connected um, with a left and then a right hook that basically folded uh, Miguel Baeza up, and he he dropped. So it was a fantastic KO for Chaos, and he gets my my Drea's drop of the night. Drea's drop of the night. Fantastic. <laughs> Detroit. Yes, sir. Way to go, Chaos. I love it. All right. Let's go ahead and do our main card picks for UFC Vegas 43 this coming Saturday. Dre, I'm going to go ahead and let you get started. It's time for you to lead the dance this time. Go around. Go ahead. Give us your main card picks for Vegas 43. Okay. So between Adrian Yanez and Davey Grant, I am 100% going with Yanez for this one, uh, and I'm going to give him the round two TKO. Rhino gang, 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 gang. <laughs> 100%. Um, I, too, am going Adrian Yanez, and I'm going KO in the second round over the very tough Brit Davy Grant. So a KO, two for Adrian Yanez over Davy Grant. All right. What about your next one? Uh, we got JoJo Calderwood versus uh, Taylor Santos. I... Uh, this one was so hard for me because I love JoJo, but uh, I think I'm going to go Santos with the unanimous decision. I, too, am going with Talia Santos, but I'm going third-round TKO. And I love JoJo, too, but I think Talia Santos, is, her striking is just a little bit better. I got TKO yeah. in the third for that one over Joanne Calderwood. Uh, what about your next pick, Drea? Uh, next, I have uh, between Ronnie Yaya and, forgive me because I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but Kian Ho Kang. Uh, I'm taking Ronnie Yaya with a unanimous decision. I also have Ronnie Yaya over Kim Ho Gang, but I got a submission in the third. And as I tend to do, Drea, I'm going to call my sub on this one. <laughs> I'm going to go triangle choke. Triangle, not arm triangle, regular with your legs triangle. Triangle choke for Ronnie Yaya, third round. That's my call on that one at 125 pounds. All right. Going to do our co-main event, Drea. What do you got between Kiesa and Brady? I love Michael Kiesa, so I am going Kiesa with a decision. 
So I also have Michael Chiesa by decision. But if you love Michael Chiesa, you should really enjoy <laughs> watching Fight Nights because, my God, we had to see him and Gaethje's fucking commercial about 275 times. And I'm real sick of Michael Chiesa right now. <laughs> I so, can admit I, I'm sick of that commercial as well. But God I, bless it. So, so yeah, I, I'm going with Casa too, but uh, UD over Sean Brady. All right, let's get into our main event. Mm -hmm. We've got Ketlin Vieta versus Misha Tate. What do you got? I am pouring for Misha Tate on this one, and I'm going to give her the unanimous decision. Finally, we're opposing on picks. Jeez, the first four, we were <laughs> in the same beat. So I, <laughs> so I have Ketlin Vieta beating Misha Tate by unanimous decision in this one. I do think it's going to be a very close fight, uh, but I got Ketlin Vieta um, outpointing Misha Tate slightly. Unanimous decision in that one for me. All right. That's our main card picks for UFC Vegas 43. Uh, only a couple of Twitter questions, and we got lots of voice questions today, Drea. So I know our first mm -hmm. question from Twitter comes from our dear homie RSP, the Rage of Sweet Potato. RSP, what do you got this week, dude? The UFC has become increasingly good at wonky statistics. For the last couple of years now, they've been throwing out stats like six finishes in their last eight wins or tied for second most significant strikes by a welterweight since 2017 or never been finished by a southpaw while fighting in the U.S. on a date with an uneven number. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd like you to make up some, some random stats about some of your favorite or not so favorite boob and Rothwell fighters. So I decided to go with the the former rather than the latter. I'm going to use some of my favorite fighters. So here we go. Hey, RSP, did you know that Francis Ngannou drinks an entire lake just before he fights? Real fact, dude. He drinks an entire lake. It's an incredible thing that you can do. So he's just, he just, you don't stay hydrated, right? So yes, uh, Francis Ngannou drinks an entire lake. Then Max Holloway, it's a fun fact. He lands more strikes than his opponents on every single fight where his wife looks hot in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, here's another one for you. Did you know that Wonder Boy is undefeated in fights where he smiles and says, yes, sir, in all of his pre-fight interviews? It's unbelievable, dude. I know. Uh, not to mention <laughs> Bullet Shevchenko. She lands every leg kick to the calf while playing and planning out her dance moves for her post-fight dancing performance. It's true, man. Every time she's planning that thing about her head, she's landing every leg kick. It's an incredible stat. Yeah, dude, I'm with you a thousand percent. Some of these stats are just so stupid. They, there's plenty of other things to talk about than to have these filler, ridiculous statistics that, that get rattled off. And it's not anybody's fault. You know, it's coming from the truck. It's coming from production. But look, we all get it, right? <laughs> you need to fill time. You need to talk about stuff. But these random, as you said, wonky statistics are really unnecessary. So I say we get rid of them. And there's other things to fucking talk about. So RSP, great question as always, my dude. Thank you so much. All right, our new one next one. Oh, I know this question. <laughs> I know this question. It's from my bestest friend in the whole world, the Doc. Doc, what do you got this week, dude? How did you feel about the Ben Rothwell fight? Oh, well, Craig, I'm glad you asked. Or excuse me, Doc, I'm so glad you asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most satisfying fucking win I have felt in a while. I mean, obviously, I love seeing Colby Covington lose, but this one just hits different because it was a stoppage and because, you know, Ben Rothwell was such a big favorite. And, oh, my God, and how many times have I picked against Ben and you've picked Ben and you beat me because of that? So many times. <laughs> so this one. So, so I had to get the a very excited voicemail from you. <laughs> <laughs> Letting you know how you yeah. felt about this win. <laughs> yeah, very true. I did leave you. A, I did leave you a voice text last oh, night after this fight was over. <laughs> um, yeah, buddy, I was so stoked. I was so satisfied. I was so happy. I was screaming at the fucking screen. I, oh my god, I left. I left Drea a voice text. I left Juice a voice text. Oh, it was amazing. I loved it. Um, I, again, I would like to very much thank Marcos Rogerio de Lima for that level of joy that he brought me last <laughs> night. <laughs> Oh, and then again, the sidebar, dude. Herb Dean, get your shit together. If you're going to stop a fight, stop it. If you're not going to, stay out of the fucking way. That yeah. was a bad, you know, that takes away a little bit of the glory of the of the Marcos Rogerio de Lima stoppage over Ben. That, that, that takes away a little bit from it. But again, big shout out to you, Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Super satisfying. And thank you, Doc. All right, that's it for our Twitter questions. We got lots of voice questions. Our first one. Comes from the OG Jemison. Jim, what do you got this week, brother? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? I know, around a gang. Hope you all doing well. What a fucking fight card that was, eh? 
well, I think it was two decisions to hold by Kirk, something like that. But, uh, but, uh, fuck, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Question for you that week, this week is, uh, what's next for Yair? I'd like to see him fight Ortega, but, uh, I don't know, man. Fucking kid did really well for himself. I don't think he was going to do that good, but fucking did a lot better than I thought. Great fucking fight, man. Holy shit, what a fight. So that's my question for you this week, man. Keep up the great work. You know we love the show. And it's always 420, kids. Peace. So what's next for Yair, dude? I'd really like to see Yair fight Edson Barbosa next, bro. It'd be another matchup of exciting and creative strikers. I think those guys would bring the best out of each other, right? And I think it'd be respectful. I think it wouldn't be a bunch of shit talk. I think they're both respected and... Um, they have that kind of style, bro, that when together it would be like super violent kickboxing. You know what I mean? There would be a ton of groundwork, not a lot of grappling. I think Yair Rodriguez and Edson Barbosa is the fight to make. They're both top 10 at 145. Nobody slides down the bench a whole bunch. Yeah, that's just a fight I would really fucking love to see a welterweight, dude. Two combustible elements getting in the cage like Edson Barbosa and Yair Rodriguez. Rodriguez, dude, let it fucking happen, Captain. That's, what, that's my answer on that one. Thank you so much, Jim. All right, our next one comes from our guy, Ty Fly Guy, from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles pod. Ty, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, Rhino, it's Ty from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. My first voice question to you guys. Um, first off, I wanted to say congratulations on 100 episodes last week. I completely dropped the ball on that congratulatory message. Um Hoping for a hundred more. You guys are awesome. My question for you guys is Felicia Spencer was very dominant in her win against Leo Ledson. What do you think the state of the featherweight division is? Um it's just very confusing. I know Amanda's the champion and there are not a lot of contenders. Um what would you like to see from the featherweight division? Let's go that route. Let me know what you think. Love the show, and again, congratulations on 100 episodes. You guys rock. Catch you later. <clears throat> oh, the state of the featherweight division. Yeah, homie. And we, we've talked about this on the show before, but the the it remains true now. I mean, maybe the last time we talked about it would have been months ago, maybe. But, like, literally, the 145 division in the UFC is seriously, at this point, it's just a showcase for Amanda Nunez to have two belts, right, to be, a, to be shown and promoted as a two-division champion. The UFC has done absolutely nothing to grow it since its inception. It's the only division where another company has a deeper talent pool, Bellator, uh, at 145 than the UFC does. If you're not going to do anything with it, I've been saying this for forever. If you're not going to do anything with 145, you're not going to grow it. You're not going to make it a fucking viable and you know potentially exciting division. Fucking scrap it, dude. And then, Drea, what do I want to do if we scrap women's 145? What do I want to do? What does everybody know? Who knows me? What should we do next? You want to bring the Adam weight. <laughs> bring the Adam weight, son of a fucking... <laughs> For I fuck's sake, man. I'm a... Yes, I would I know. The talent pool is there. <laughs> the, the fight is there. The fucking cardio and the ass-kicking is there. The feeder organization Invicta is right there. Just do it, for fuck's sakes. So... Thank you very much, Ty. I got a little heated there for a minute, but I'm going I'm to bring it back down. Thank you very much, Ty. You guys, check him out at the Front Kick and Throat Cuddles pod, our dear friend, Ty the Fly Guy. All right, let's get into our next one. It comes from our homie, Juice, from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, Rhino. It's Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. I want to know, who are your top three guests that you've had on the show? And who are the top three guests you would like to have on the show? Short and sweet. So I cannot pick my top three guests that I've had on. That'd be like that'd be like you having to pick your three favorite cats, Juice. And I know you couldn't do it because you love them all the same. And I really do. Obviously, there's one that there's ones that, you know, came off better that we got to, you know, we got to know each other better. There's even a few friendships that have come out of this where we consistently still talk on a regular basis. So I definitely couldn't pick my top three favorite interviews, but I can definitely answer your second part, which is one of the three that I would love to have on. And I actually I actually struggled with this a little bit so because I was kind of going over, like, do I want to have somebody on that's, like, guaranteed, like, to do, like, 20,000 listens, you know, someone like Connor or something like John Jones? Like, yeah, on the one hand, you would, but on the other hand, like, eh, I don't think the conversation would go that great, you know what I mean? 
<clears throat> so for me, I, I definitely wanted. I'm definitely picking Anderson Silva. He's number one, and his English is so great right now. He's done an incredible job of um, of becoming so super fluent in English, and I'm really impressed. Not only with that, but the fact that he's to me, he's one of the greatest two or three fighters to ever do it. I love Anderson Silva. I always have. Yeah, Anderson Silva for sure would be one. Of course, the the one of the other ones was on that goat list. George St. Pierre, dude, well, without a doubt. I would love to talk to George St. Pierre. That'd be a great interview. I would love to have on. And then this is the one I I don't know. I kind of I kind of went back and forth on, but I'm gonna go with Dana White. <clears throat> I think I think I could I think I could get out some things from Dana White that maybe some other people haven't. Cause I'm not gonna come at him from a place of like why the fuck are you paying fighters more? I mean, I mean, I'm not going to do that, but I mean, I would ask the questions, but I would try to frame them in a way where I'm not like judging him. Right. Which, cause I, cause that's how I would try to do it. Um, and I think that'd be big for a really good interview. So yeah, dude, Anderson Silva, GSP and Dana White would probably be my three, uh, right now that I would love to have on the most. So juice, great question. My dude, if you guys have already, of course, check out juice at the friendly sparring pod with him and Leo hilarious and hijinks always ensue on that show. So, all right, let's get into our fourth question. Comes from our, our girl, Gina, from the Shots Fire Pod. Gina, what do you got this week, my friend? Sup, Rhino? It's uh, Gina from G-Spot MMA and Shots Fired Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Here's a quick question for you. What's more important, a long win streak like Leon Edwards' nine-fight win streak, which I thought was enough for him to get a title shot, or is it more important that you fight quality opponents at the top of your division? Some kind of like how Justin Gaethje folks are crying for him to get a title shot because of the opponents he has fought. What gets you a title shot, Rhino? A long winning streak or fighting the top of your division and maybe beating two of them and getting a title shot? I think there's a like a cultural shift in MMA right now that we're experiencing and we don't talk about enough. I thought we respected win streaks, kind of like Leon Edwards, but nowadays folks don't think that's good enough. What are your thoughts? So this one is actually very clear for me. And that and that's the level of competition and how a fighter performed in the losses that they had along the way. I, I'm certain my boxing background influences my opinion on the subject big time. Because for decades, dude, fighters in boxing have been inflating their records. Like, right? They get to like 25 and 0 while fighting people who are like 11 and 70 and 2 and 26. And they inflate their fucking records so they can get title shots. And that's before they even fought anybody of substance. Um, since Leon lost to Kamaru, his three most notable wins are Vincente Luque, RDA, and then Nate. And as we all saw, Nate nearly finished him uh, with that left. And if he would have stood there and admired his work and pointed at him and followed it up, I think he could have finished him, right? So I, all the rest of those 10, they were all by decision and all those. They were all by decision, including um, a split decision with Gunnar Nelson. So now you look at someone like Justin Gaethje. After his loss to Poirier, which was a great back-and-forth battle, he stops Edson Barbosa, Cowboy, Tony Ferguson. Just, I mean, he lost to, obviously, he lost to Habib and didn't look fantastic in that. But to, to me, Habib is a lightweight goat, right? So then he has one of, like, one of my favorite, probably my favorite top 10 ever slugfest with Michael Chandler last week. And he gets the unanimous decision in that one. So for me, because of who he's fought and how he won those fights and even who he lost to, to me, that is a, that is a more relevant and means more to me uh, as far as getting a title shot than someone who has 10 wins in a row over several also rands, right? And then a few guys who are good. Because like I said, Vincente Luque, very good fighter. RDA, good fighter. And Nate is a good fighter, of course, but not in his prime. You know what I mean? So, yeah, for me, it's more impressive. Justin's record is more impressive and more deserving of a title shot as an example over what Leon's would be um, up there at 170. So, yeah, that's that's my answer on that one. If you guys have already, of course, check out Gina, Mike, Chisanga, and Kairos on Shots Fired. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It is so awesome. Thank you so much, Gina. Love you. Mwah. All right, let's go into our homie, Decrons. Decrons, what do you got this week, homie? Rhino. Wow, bro, we've been treated to a couple good cards in a row. That like the last couple have been just great. Um, yesterday being no exception, there was a couple great finishes. Man, Rhino, your dong looked great in there. Uh, I just wanted to know how far do you think your dong can go, and who do you want to see your dong against next? 
Um, other than that, wow, man, Max and Yair, that was a great fight. Uh, do you think we'll see Max get gold again? Because of what he's accomplished and, you know, he's been around for a while. I think sometimes we forget that he's 29 years old. But his fighting style leads to taking a lot of damage. Do you think a diminished chin will be, a, you know, a factor for Max in the near future? And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on whether or not we'll see him get gold again. I sure hope so. I love Max Holloway. And I love y'all in the Rhino gang. Rhino, Dre, the whole gang. Love y'all. Gang, gang. So, dude, Yudon is only fucking 23 years old, and he is such an upside. I love everything about the kid. I'd really like to see him run it back and avenge his loss with Kyler Phillips. I think that would be a great fight. It was a good fight the first time. I want to see that again. I think I think Song Yudong does it. Uh, does get the win if they if they run it back. And I think Kyler Phillips, very exciting fighter. And I think it'd make for another great matchup. So that's what I'd like to see next for Song Yidong. Uh For part two, and this one hurts to say, bro. <laughs> as far as Max goes, bro, he's my favorite 145er in the world. I, I truly love everything about the fighter and the person that we know about Max Holloway. I'd love to see him get gold again, dude. But if I'm being honest, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, you guys have all heard me say on this show who listen regularly, it's not the age, it's the miles, right? He's only 29 years old, like, chronologically, but fight-wise, he's been going really hard against really top-level guys, having big back-and-forth fights for, like, a decade. Max Holloway has taken probably more significant damage. Well, I mean, I know he's taken more significant strikes, but he's taken more significant damage than pretty much anybody else on the fucking roster, particularly someone who's only 29 years old. I still think Max Holloway is super high level. I still think if he fights Volk again, could he beat him? Sure, he could. But I just, I'm just saying, and like what I, what I think is going to happen. No, I don't think Max Holloway gets gold again. I think we could see Max for maybe two or three more years. You know, maybe six, seven more fights, and I think he wins the majority of them, no matter who they're against. I just don't see him winning the 145 pound belt again, bro. I, I wish I wish I had different answer for you, my man, but that's my, that's my honest answer on that one. So D Crons, thank you so much, dude. Great fucking question as always. All right, Drea, before we get into our 10 rounds with Rhino with Jared, and the rebel Ravel, let's get a quick word from our proud sponsor, KNR designs. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey. How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Oh, everybody out there in podcast land and our fellow fans at the Rhino Gang, we've got ourselves a very special guest going 10 rounds with Rhino this week. LFA middleweight tighter contender going for that belt on December the 3rd, the rebel himself, Jared Ravel. Thank you so much for joining us today, sir. What's going on? What's good, Rhino? I'm super excited to be here. Oh, dude, we are super stoked to have you on as well, man. We are huge LFA fans, have been for forever. We are super stoked to watch you have that uh, title fight on December the 3rd. So this is a great time to get you on the show, go 10 rounds with Rhino, and uh, let the fans get to know you on a little bit of a different level, dude. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Round one is always the same for our guests, bro. We love to hear the origin story. What's the background? What's the, what's the origin of you first getting into mixed martial arts, dude? The origin would just be me, honestly, being, uh, you know, an athlete most of my life and just uh, looking for something to kind of put my uh, my focus into. And I, I went to a, an MMA gym and I just, you know, tried it out and some, some little guy armbarred me and I was like, 
<laughs> like in that moment, I was like, no way. Like, you know, this isn't ever going to happen again. And I just kind of fell in love with it. And, uh, then all of a sudden my coach is like, you're pretty good. You should compete. And I was like, ah, sure. I'll give it a go. Right. And, you know, lo and behold, I did pretty well. And so I just kind of kept it going and kind of turned into, uh, I'm super competitive. So it, it kind of was right up my alley and it kind of turned into uh, a snowball effect. Right. Hell yeah, dude. Um, you know, your upcoming fight is, it's a really big deal. I mean, I know that when we look at like the history of the, of the LFA, uh, you know, cause it used to be the LFC, the RFA, and they combined to form the LFA. You can pretty much, it's a who's who of the biggest names in MMA have gone through this organization and been champions. So the LFA belt, the 185 pound belt is up for grabs. You're fighting Josh Silveria. Uh, how did you get the news they'd be fighting for that title, dude? Did your manager call you? Be like, hey, look, we got a huge one on the horizon. Or how did that all work out for you, bro? Well, uh, you know, I've been training out at, at Fight Ready in uh, Arizona, you know, uh, quite a bit lately. I, I go out for a lot of Eric Anders camps and, and help him prepare for his, his fights. And, you know, I just threw some connections. And I guess, uh, you know, I was out there and uh, good old Cap Merrick. He just all of a sudden, I guess, got a call from Joe Silva saying they're looking for a, a you know, a a good 185er to fight for the title. And, you know, he just was like, well, let's check out my man, Jared. Right. So <laughs> they, they kind of, uh, contacted my, my agent, Jason house, and we kind of got the deal rolling and, uh, yeah, that's how, that's how it, uh, boiled down. Big shout out to another former member of the Rhino gang, Eric, your boy, Anders has shout yeah. out to you, brother. So yeah. bro, if you, if you could tell us anything, because I am not familiar with Josh Silveria at all. Um, what kind of what kind of skills does he bring into the cage? What kind of fighting style does he have? Well, I know. Um, I guess he's you know an LFA. Uh, you know, he's been around there for a bit. He's the I believe the two five champ. So he's he's coming down to get that second belt, right? That's that's his goal, right? I think he's six and zero, so he's a winner, which I, I like. I like to uh, compete against kind of uh, you know the best uh, out there, right? Um, I believe he you know is probably his base was wrestling, if I'm correct. You know. At the end of the day, I haven't studied him too much, but that's just what I've heard through the, the grapevine in that sense. He has got, uh, obviously, I'm sure a lot better because he's got a couple uh, head kick knockouts. Um, Southpaw, I'm assuming uh, he's a wrestler, likes to take people down and then choke them out, right? So that, that's what, what I've uh, been given so far. Got you, dude. Now, it, you, that kind of leads perfectly into my next question. So, you know, yeah, he may be the 205 champion moving down to 185, but, you know, you've got six fights in a row that you're on the win streak, right? So I got to assume that your confidence is an all-time high. So it doesn't really matter what he's necessarily bringing into the cage. You feel like right now you can compete with anybody on this level, don't you? Yeah, man. I you know I think it's uh, long overdue for me to be you know fighting you know top-level talents and you know be at that uh, world stage. You know I I think I've been there for a while, and uh, you know even my last fight you know it was in Brazil against Sergio Moraes, and I you know I think I showed that you know in that like you know all my skills kind of coming to a, a peak, right? regardless of uh, how old I am or not, I think I'm, you know, in my athletic prime still, right? So, yeah, I'm uh, excited to showcase and, and show what, uh, that I'm ready to be there, right? Absolutely, dude. Now, you just exactly kind of bouncing back off that, um, you've been, you've been, your Amy career is like 10 years ago, you started with your Amies and you've been a pro since 2014. I, I mean, obviously throughout our careers, we all improve at every level, right? Be the, right. be the physical, the mental, the technical, you know, we all improve as we're going on. But would you really, like, if you had to pinpoint it, what would you say you've improved on the most uh, in that time frame, just since turning pro from 2014? So, like, the Rebel first pro fight to the Rebel now, what do you, part of your game do you think you've improved on the absolute most? Oh, for sure, just my, you know, my confidence in my my stand-up, right? My ability to uh, be, be, you know, cool and collective and, and, and realize my, my talent there, right? I think, you know, for so much at the beginning, it was all about just winning, right? And so instantly, like, I'll resort back to my, uh, you know, what I'm best at, which is, you know, was uh, choking people out and, and tapping people out, right? So it's like, even if I rock somebody, I'd be like, instantly, I'll be all of a sudden <laughs> grappling them. I'm like, what's going on? That's just like muscle memory, right? But I've, uh, in my last, you know, set of fights you know i'm starting to become so much more comfortable on my feet and and just uh you know the whole all-around game of mma right absolutely dude in researching uh your fights as i was you know preparing for this interview yeah that's one thing that did stand out was yeah definitely you looked more confident on the feet the last two or three than the previous two or three but it wasn't just that dude there's the 
And I think some of that comes with, because I was a little bit of an older guy when I first got it, became a pro fighter. I think there is a, there's an ability to, to relax in the chaos that you really only takes kind of, you have to get older. Like when you're 23 or 24, it's all fucking sling it, dude. You know what I mean? And when you get into your thirties, it's kind of like you can, you can slow things down a little bit and you can have more of like that, uh, cool, calm and collected way of being when you're in there. And I definitely noticed that with you, your breathing never gets out of control. You know what I mean? And you, and you seem to always kind of be steady as opposed to like flurry, flurry, flurry. You know what I mean? It seems to be a very consistent, pace with you do you feel like that's part of your fighting style as well well I, I do believe that uh you know you know some some people talk about being in the zone and being able to kind of slow everything down i just think that it's uh it's something that you know has come with time for me you know maybe some people can say oh, you know i'm always in the zone i'm right there like right from the day one right you know it's obviously come over time and you know in the middle of fights i've noticed it all of a sudden it's like you know i'm going like uh, you know one of my first title defenses in bfl you know, like I, I thought both my feet were broken. Like I literally, you know, I'm exhausted. Both my feet are blown up the rep, you know, the doctor's coming in to check my, you know, and I'm able like in the moment having to like have that like mental kind of battle with myself. Like, oh, this is five rounds of like 25 minutes of an absolute war. And I'm like the ability to like kind of push through that and understand that like, you know, control my breathing. And all of a sudden I'm just feeling like I'm, I'm right there. And I could just like each punch I could feel, you know, it's, it's, you know, it just at that moment I, I realized like you know the absolute beauty of, of MMA right and it's uh it's been like that for me for a while now so what one thousand percent dude and if you know what you're looking for when you watch you could see that you could see those like the nuance of the slowing down of the breathing pattern of the and of the cutting the right angle without being like a big motion just a small motion you know what I mean it's maybe six inches to the left or a fucking yeah. You know, the cross that goes right towards the chin as opposed to the shoulder. It's those nuanced things that come with experience and time. And you've definitely, just as an outsider looking in, dude, I'm telling you, you can definitely see the improvement and the uh, the sharpening of those skill sets. If, uh, if you that. don't, yeah, absolutely, bro. So you talked about it a little bit uh, earlier. You've got a ton of stoppages by various submissions, arm bars, rear naked chokes, triangles. Is it safe to say that your sub game is probably the thing that people fear out of your game the most? Uh, like you could say that, right. You could say that like for me, like I think what I've, uh, how I've evolved as a fighter, like, you know, when, I, when I'm on the ground, I'm, I'm always like active. Right. But uh, I like to, uh, inflict damage and therefore that they give me the submission easily. Like that's even in my jujitsu game, you know, I like to, to make people want to give you, <laughs> want to make it easy for me. So it's like, you know, especially now, man, elbow across the face, somebody's turtling real quick and giving you their neck, you know. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you could say, like, I, I'm assuming that, you know, like, if an opponent, you know, you're not going to want me on top because, you know, even fighting a, you know, world champion in Sergio Marias, like, um world champion jiu-jitsu multiple times like you know when i was on top like all of a sudden i'm elbowing taking his back you know like you know going for arm but like stuff like that so it's yeah that's that that is my game um regardless of somebody's even better than me at jiu-jitsu I, I find mma jiu-jitsu is a lot different and i'm able to put that together so yeah you could say that uh, definitely dude um the majority of your career has been spent with the battlefield fight league that's you know that's been the vast majority of your fights have come under that banner do you expect the lfa experience to kind of be a comparable one i.e cage size you know people watching or does it feel bigger not just because of the title on the line but because it is a different organization it's on ufc fight pass and it has all these different fans that have been kind of loyal for all these years is does LFA feel bigger or do you think it's just going to kind of be, uh, you know, kind of a comparable experience to all of your BFL fights? You know, I have, I have nothing but like utmost uh, like uh, respect and, and, you know, gratitude for BFL and, you know, throughout my career, they have, they've always been super great to me um, being the, you know, like the headline of so many shows, you know, going through those experiences and preparing me, um, you know, going, you know, into Brazil, like last year, right. Or like, you know, but just about a year ago and, and experiencing that, that was like, for me, um, a new experience, like going to a whole new country, uh, not just like into the States, like going to a whole new country right. where I don't even speak their language, you know, when they're, when they're trash talking me, I don't even know what they're saying. right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I got to experience a lot, a lot of cool things in that and, and realize like none of that even matters for me. Like, you know, I, I, I love, 
I love that. I love anything where it's competitive. Somebody's trashed out. Like, like I, I love all that. I'm excited for this opportunity. It's, you know, LFA is, you know, another notch in the belt to get another title for a different organization, you know, in the States, you know, one of the bigger ones that's not in the, the, the bigger uh, promotions, right? So I'm excited for this, you know, this opportunity. I have no idea, to be honest, you know, what the, the fans will be like there because, you know, during these times, it has been super weird, but I know uh, in, in Phoenix, you know, there are you're a lot of fans. So I don't know how many there's going to be. I don't know how big of a venue it is, to be honest. I don't know any of that stuff yet. So um, I don't know if they're going to consider him the, you know, the hometown guy because I'm a Canadian. I have no idea. But I, <laughs> I, I'm game for it all, right? I, you know, I'm, I I got love for, you know, even if the, the fans hate me, I still got love, you know, for anybody that wants to support, a, you know, a sport like ours, right? And, and come out and give us an opportunity to have a platform to showcase. Absolutely, dude. I always find it so funny. I've talked about this on my show before. The the amount of respect that I have for people who literally fight uh, uh, internationally is insane. Because yeah, I'm from Detroit, so yeah. I, you know I, I fought in the amateurs over in Windsor. But I mean, in my pro game, I didn't go any further than fucking Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? So and, and that and that's a pain in the ass because you know you got to drive six seven hours. The hotel, there's so much that it involves in that. And then to put it on a scale like fighting in like somewhere like Brazil or fighters who I've known who've gone over to Japan or Poland or wherever, you know, if I, I just, it's so much respect. It's unbelievable, dude. Um, so getting into round eight, Jared, we, we love to hear about like some things you like to do away from the cage, away from the fight game. What are some hobbies you have? What are some things you like to do just kind of outside of the world of fighting? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely, uh, an adrenaline junkie. Uh, to say the least, um, you know, my, my partying days are a little bit behind me. So, you know, I find new ways, you know, I end up having a lot more money <laughs> because I'm not I'm partying. <laughs> so I'm able to uh, indulge in, in, in exciting things that, that kind of keep me on my toes. Um, I've never been a huge fan of heights, just being honest, but I do everything and anything involving with heights to, to get my, uh, to get myself going. Like, I, you know, I've been skydiving, all these things that I continue to do, you know, just back in, uh, Arizona recently, I, I went rock climbing, right? And, uh, you know, you know, up about hundred, you know, hundred feet in the air, you know, looking back and, you know, I, I love No, that. thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's about. It just gives me my limit myself in all those areas. I love that. And, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, in the sense of like hobby, different things that I love to do. And it's actually one, one of my favorite things when I'm back home is, uh, you know, I have a, a special needs cousin, you know, named Pete. If you ever like anybody's ever followed me, they know he's like my, you know, my my, my homie, my best buddy, right? And uh, he loves sports, so I'm always taking him to for events and and uh, making sure he gets out. He's in a wheelchair, but it doesn't stop him from doing everything, right? So it's uh, it's pretty cool. We get him out on the ice rink, doing hockey and different things. So that's one of my my favorite things as well. That's awesome, dude. That's actually what I do for my real job. I work with special needs oh, sweet, uh, yeah. kids. So yeah, dude, I am so on board with that. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, big shit. What, what would you say his name was? His name, well, his name's Pete. He, he goes by Pistol Pete. So I, it's been pretty cool. We've had him, uh, you know, I've, I've had him, uh, you know, BFL ended up giving like, you know, the biggest, the biggest fan, you know, a belt. And he's come to like an event before and like, you know, giving out like, so it's been pretty cool. He's been a part of that. You know, at first he didn't really like watching my fights because he, he doesn't like me get <laughs> hurt, right? So, he's <laughs> but, uh, but he, he does watch it and he's like, yeah, he's super. Uh, he's my number one fan for sure. And I'm his oh, wow. Yeah, big shout out to you, Pistol Pete. We hope you give a listen to this interview, man. Oh, yeah. uh, big, big shout out to you, buddy. Keep it, keep fighting the good fight, my man. We're all behind you. Um, all right, dude. Definitely moving into the ninth round. This is a fun one, bro. You're in all easy street now, Jared. This is the this is the food question. This is the imagine, if you will, put yourself in the mind frame of you've already you know you're done cutting weight. You've already had your fight. You've already gotten the win. You've already gotten out of there. It's time for the friends, the family, everybody to get together and really throw down on some grub, dude. Where what are you getting and where are you getting it from? Oh man, like my my usual go to right after. Uh, Right after a fight is, uh, you know, if I'm in Canada, it's it's at a place called Cactus Club. I, I like it's called the Millionaire's Cut. So it's uh, it's a nice steak, nice medium rare. I like to get some asparagus. <laughs> and that's pretty And some uh, jumbo prawns. That's like my go-to. Um, you know, I, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, trust me, I, I love myself some good baking, some good cookies or something like that. <laughs> I'm not shying away from that either, but uh, that's definitely like a nice steak and 
you know, celebratory, I like that for sure. I got you. a little surf and turf post. When we were, I love when we it. Brazil, when we were in Brazil, we went and did uh, a Brazilian barbecue right on the water, which was like absolutely insane too. So I'm all about, you know, a hearty meal after for sure. Absolutely, bro. So Jared, we've actually careened our way into the 10th round. The 10th round with Rhino is just where you share your social media is with everybody. Like what social media are you on? Give your social media addresses out so we can all kind of follow you from everybody here at the Rhino Gang. And we can kind of keep tabs on you on your career moving forward, dude. So yeah, just share your socials with everybody. All right, man. Well, uh, it's pretty simple. I'm Jared Revel, man. So on Facebook, it's Jared Revel, J-A-R-E-D-R-E-V-E-L. Uh, you know, on Instagram is Jared underscore Ravel and same with Twitter. It's just Jared Ravel. So, you know, shoot me a follow, watch my story watch uh, the outcome of this fight and, and watch me uh, take it home. Hell yeah, dude. Well, we're everybody, the Rhino game. We are all rolling with you, Jared. This is going to be so much fun watching you on December 3rd on UFC fight pass LFA bit of weight. 185 belt is on the line. And I think my man, Jared, the rebel rebel is going to come home with the gold. So thank you so yeah. much yeah, for taking buddy. the time to join us tonight, Jared, dude, we are all riding with you. And once again, thank you so much for going 10 rounds with Rhino. Thanks my man. This is Jared, the rebel Ravel, And I just went 10 rounds with the Rhino. Jared, man, that was an awesome interview. Thank you so very much, dude. We all are riding with you for your December 3rd middleweight championship fight on UFC Fight Pass for the LFA. Super stoked, and thank you so much for taking the time, my friend. I want to say thank you and give some shout-outs to our forum contributors, to the Raging Sweet Potato, to my homie, the Doc, to the big homie, Jim Asun, to Ty Flyguy from Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles Pod, to Juice from Friendly Sparring, to our girl, Gina, from Shots Fired. Thank you so much, G. To our boy, D. Kronz. Some other members of the Rhino Gang. Brat, Mike Morgan, Marquise from Weak Sauce Radio. My man, Chris from Unmatched MMA. Miss Fight Diva, my underdog MMA fam, Jillian, Chrissy, Monica, Katie, and Jason. To all the ladies of the PRG, thank you guys for all your help week in and week out. To my Rhino Gang GC familia. To all the homies of the Muted Casuals. To my girl, Ashley Formerly the MMA nerd, now the Slate Little Pod. To everybody who listens week in and week out, to our feature play, Andrea. To D Reigns, the best engineer of the biz. To my man, Dave Fretz, the Einstein of graphic design. Another fucking banger, knocking it out of the park with your poster again this week. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram at Dave Fretz. Guys, check out our Redbubble store. There's still a lot of good shit in there. Get yourself some. Um, Combat Sports with Rhino and Dre, a merch, dude. Uh, of course, check out Snow Day's Pizza Bites. Rhino10 is your promo code. Get yourself $10 off. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Be kind. Make it a great week. Reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a long time. Reconnect forever and ever. Black Lives Matter. And we will see you next week. Kate Sun!